Hello, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review, this time of a new version of the classic film Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. I've often said that Hellraiser 2 is one of those good sequels, but it's not that great a movie. (laughs) Um, I was in college when the original Hellraiser came out in 1987, and I remember sitting in the theater going, wow. And I was already a Stephen King and a Clive Barker fan. When Clive Barker first came out as a writer, there was a quote on all of his books that said, you know, the future of horror is Clive Barker from you know, Stephen King. And so that was enough for me to read his books. And his books were darker, more evil, uh, grosser (laughs) than Stephen King's works. And so I was already a fan. And I think Rawhead Rex had already been out on home video on VHS, I believe. But anyway, I remember seeing Hellraiser for the first time and it's shaking me being a, a first time as a almost adult, you know, college student that a horror movie really affected me since the original, well, not the original, but the 77 Invasion of the Body Snatchers bothered me at 11. So over the years of various versions of home video, I've rewatched Hellraiser 2, and it is a different animal than Hellraiser 1, but it really is a good sequel. It It's low budget, just like the first one, but it's a lot bigger budget than the first one. I think the first one was made for a couple million dollars. The sequel for about 12 and it grossed over 12. It made its money back, but I'm sure it's long since made its money in home video. Um, but it's one of those sequels that takes everything from the first movie and amps it up to 11 for the second movie. Claire Higgins comes back as Julia. Ashley Lawrence comes back as Kirsty. Doug Bradley as Pinhead, a few of the other chatterers and female Cenobites. Even Sean Chapman as Frank came back. And they had a better actor involved, Kenneth Cranham, who played Dr. Chenard. Did a really great job, I thought, with that. It's one of those sequels that, again, the first Hellraiser is not exactly high art. It's a good horror movie, a lot of practical effects, and and it, it achieves its goals very well. What it sets out to do is a very simple story of hell on earth, kind of, and Hellraiser... I mean, it succeeds as a horror movie. And so does Hellraiser 2, just to the nth degree. It is gorier. It is much more violent. You think there were some gory things in Hellraiser. Uh, Hellraiser 2 just amps everything up. So having all those people come back, you have a more accomplished director. He was a producer on the first Hellraiser. And uh, because he had a little bit more experience, they, they actually head of the studio picked him uh to helm this he only made a couple more movies and he's also a tony randall by the way he's also a uh uh, amateur radio operator since the late 60s but he only made a few movies and that was about it um watching it now they really went for it there's some editing things that you know obviously they came in and things were choppy things maybe weren't complete and they had to do insert some shots and do some things but mo- the majority of the effects are practical which looks fantastic you know that those age very well some of the digital things uh especially when they get down to hell oh 
Um, there will be some spoilers. I can't talk about a movie that's over 20, 30 years old without mentioning things about the plot. And the whole plot is, uh, through some things that happen, Claire from the first movie is brought back uh, from the Cenobite universe, or hell, or however you want to look at it. Julia, uh, this takes place right after the first movie. Julia is kind of put in the insane asylum because nobody believes her, and a cop comes to visit her, and, and he doesn't, you know... She tells a fantastic story, but later he sneaks into the house and sees what's going on between Dr. Chenard and Julia and realizes that Kirstie was actually correct and, and there are strange things afoot in this town. Um, <laughs> so I, I got this during a sale at the beginning of the summer uh, from Arrow Video. Arrow is one of those boutique labels we've talked about in other podcasts that put out special editions. They're quite pricey like Criterion Collection, but they're usually worth it. Um, they put together some new extras, booklets, sometimes they do steel books. I mean, it's really, and they've started getting into 4K with like the new Flash Gordon, which you'll get a review of in the near future. But so I, I had been waiting. This had been out for a, a couple of years, I believe. And it, it went on sale pretty cheaply. And I'm like, I, I need a copy of that. Because I have, I think, more than one copy of the original Hellraiser, uh, including the Arrow edition, uh, Steelbook. And it looks pretty good for a low-budget, grainy film from 1987. So I popped this in, and I actually started watching the extras first. And the best extra on here is they took the documentary that was on the original Blu-ray and they've expanded it with some new interviews and stuff. And most people have some great things to say about making the movie and, and what they did and pushing the envelope and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting when you get to the Being Frank documentary where they're talking to Sean Chapman about playing Frank. He's a little bit bitter about the whole experience because, honestly, he's only in a couple of scenes, and, and well, one scene, really, and it really doesn't need to be there. I mean, it's it's cool that it is, but I think he was promised more and wasn't, you know... It, it, he's a he's a footnote on kind of a road trip of the movie. <laughs> it's one section, um, but it reunites him with two stars from the first movie, and it was kind of a surprise the first time you see it and that kind of stuff. So overall, the movie gets a thumbs up. If you like Hellraiser, you have to see Hellraiser two because all of the other sequels suck. Um, various levels of suck, but they all suck. Um, I heard that one of the more recent or the last one wasn't bad. Um, I haven't seen it. I stopped watching them after, I don't know, space or... I, <laughs> I thought the one where they went back and told the, the story of the guy who actually made the first box was interesting. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was actually worth watching at least once on a stream or whatever. But I consider Hellraiser 2 a semi-classic. So the other night, I was going to watch it and review it, and I popped it in. It's a brand new 2K restoration on Blu-ray, and I popped it into my 4K player, which automatically up-converts whatever you put in there, whether it's a DVD or a Blu-ray or a CD, it up-converts it to 4K, because that's the only thing this player outputs. And I'm watching this on an 85-inch Samsung HDR 4K television. And when the movie started, it looked, it looked horrendous. Uh, it is so grainy, it looks like a swarm of bees. It looks like you're watching through a sandstorm. And it, it looks like noise. It doesn't really look like grain. I'm used to old films having grain. I don't, I, I'm not one of those grain haters. I don't expect my movies to be scrubbed clean of grain like some of these uh, high-def nuts are. Um, I want a movie to look like it originally looked at best. You know, I, I, it doesn't have to look any better than that. And 
I will say that like colors look fantastic. The resolution is better. Everything is better if you can see through the swarm of noise. Um, it's so bad that I'm going to reach out to Arrow and ask them about it, to be perfectly honest with you. The movie does look better than ever, and I did pop it in on a Blu-ray player on a 55-inch TV, and it looks fine. You know, it looks... But you blow this up at 4K resolution on a 85-inch television, and it's distractingly noisy. The grain is just swimming every... Like I said, sandstorm, snowstorm. And it, it, I got through the movie because the performances... You, you can really see the practical effects better. So I will say that this is worth the upgrade. I, I don't have a the regular version that was put out by Lionsgate or whoever. Um to compare. I will try and find a streaming version. Maybe I compare to that. This movie has never looked good. It was filmed for $12.1 million back in 1988. They put it out at the end of 88. The The first movie came out at the beginning of 87. That's pretty quick to turn one of these things around, considering that the majority of the effects are practical. From the Cenobites to the Chenard character, once he gets made up as a Chenard Cenobite, and almost everything is practical. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of matte shots where they've painted a background and then kind of matched it up with the film. And there's a few uh, attempts at, I guess it's not really CG, coloring the film, <laughs> special effects, um, optical things. But you know, for a movie from 1988, it looks pretty good. But it is a classic, and it needs to be seen, and there's some great extras on this. So if you can find the Aerodisc cheap, pick it up. I just, I'll have to compare it to any other version that's out there because really the, it was, I'm going to reach out to Arrow. I, I Watching the extras, they didn't look as bad. The new documentary looks great, by the way, blown up on, you know, 4K. But the movie, even though it's a brand new 2K restoration, it, it was it was a pretty grainy thing, but Hellraiser two. If you've never seen Hellbound, it's 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 a horror movie. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't pull any punches. Good guys die, you know, and 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 bad things happen to the good people. And it's 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 a it's a dark horror movie, and it's a good one of those. You know, if it's if that's your cup of tea, this is a good version. You pretty much get all the extras, and it sounds as good as it's going to sound, and. The jury is out on, on how great it looks, but it was it was fun to watch it again, I gotta say that. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, available now. I'm Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. Thank you for listening to this review. I've got plenty more on the way. Interesting, during the COVID times, we can review some of these older releases and have fun with them because, well, my podcast has only been around for a year, so there's plenty more to come. Check out the links below. Subscribe, share, Patreon, if you will. And thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great day.